Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm-hmm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers. They're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort 
from the outside in. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, a.k.a. Chad Colchin. And today we are going to be doing an episode that is just a conversation between Pace Case and I about some things that have come up on Reddit. And we have also seen conversations about these things in our Game of Roses Facebook group. And it seems like there are a lot of people who want to know more about some of the things that I have written prior to working on this Bachelor project. And so, Pace Case, my apologies to you for having to be the person to have this conversation with me, but here we are. (laughs) And now Pace Case is just going to kind of help go through all the questions that are being asked on Reddit and Facebook, and we're just going to answer the questions. Thank you for your apology. I definitely am spread very thin mentally and emotionally these days. This is not exactly the ideal podcast that I wanted to do, but, you know, I think we are a very fully transparent podcast, and this is important to have you talk about. And I'm happy to do it. One of the main things that was being discussed on Reddit and Facebook is that there was this idea that me, Chad Colchin, was hiding behind this Bachelor Clues identity to try and bury my Mm -hmm. past creatively. And that is not true. We have openly talked about who both of us are, our actual identities, multiple times in our podcast, that I've created other TV shows, written movies, written books. And I'm happy to say I'm actually Chad Colchin. (laughs) We've definitely left your name in Chad in some of the episodes. Yeah, for sure we have. And the reason that I use Bachelor Clues is because I view, as I view all of my artistic projects as separate from one another, I view what I'm doing now on The Bachelor as its own artistic endeavor. And it was really born in that meme account in Bachelor Clues. And you and I have long talked about and joked about players using their Instagram handles as their identities, calling them by Mm -hmm. their Instagram handles instead of their names. And it kind of started as a joke, I think, for us in the very beginning. And then we just (laughs) kept doing it. I know. I think I said Lizzie Pace at the beginning of the podcast. And then I just started going Pace Case. And I was just like, this has become my identity. But yeah, I definitely think that was much more of a a tribute to the Instagram era us going by our Instagram handles I don't want anyone to think that we were trying to <laughs> hide Chad's real identity uh in a nefarious or meaningful way um but just for some context what is what are we talking about here today a meme that I made this week appeared on a Reddit thread And somewhere in that thread, a conversation was brought up linking to some of my books and I believe to maybe a New York Times article written a Daily Beast article written about one of my books. And some of my early works certainly are not for everyone. They are extreme. They contain characters that are misogynistic. They contain characters that are problematic, not a simple cut and dried hero or villain. I cannot speak for all of Pit Nation here. And, you know, I think this will definitely need to be an ongoing dialogue with listeners who are curious about it. Um, I can speak for myself. I read The Average American Male before I went to work on 
bad judge in 2014. Um, and it is a lot. It is a perspective I never read a book from. It's basically this douchey male lead character. And I expected you to be a completely different asshole-ish womanizing person from this. You know, I would like to think that I have a good head on my shoulders for reading books and taking from them the important things. And I and I did think that you would be that person. And for what it's worth, I have known you to be completely the opposite of this. And you have explained that you find these characters interesting. And I see that side now. And I think it's very interesting that whole that whole conversation about whether it's okay to write from the perspective of like bad people. In terms of the fiction that I create, the most interesting characters are those for me. Those are really the only ones that interest me at all. I've never been interested in making nice stories about nice people. I like to dig around in the darker areas of the human psyche and human motivations for behaviors. And Many of my main characters have those elements. It's just what interests me artistically. And like I said, I get totally get it. What I write is not for everybody. That is 100% accurate. And I'm not trying to force it on anybody. I'm not saying you should read any of these books. <laughs> you certainly don't have to. Some people like them. Some people don't. That's where we are. And I would also say, in many of these cases, I mean, Average American Male, I wrote it when I was 25. It's almost 20 years ago. Yeah, I am not the same person. The things that interest me artistically are not the same. The things that I even think about society and what we're doing socially are not the same. I would say like for the last four years, the Trump presidency was very eye-opening for me personally on a lot of stuff, race, Mm -hmm. gender, everything, as it was for a bunch of people, I think, you know? And I do feel like I've become a different person, at least in the way that I view the world and people and all of that. And although these books certainly are just, to me, artistic projects, I understand that they might have affected people in negative ways. Yeah. And I don't think I was aware of that at the time of writing, or even if I was, it was something that I didn't care about in the same way that I do now. No, I definitely think that's like <laughs> one of your one of your defining characteristics is that you have these like very wild creative ideas sometimes. And like you do things motivated by creativity, which... And you're maybe not necessarily thinking through emotional repercussions of that, how it might impact people. As far as like the other element that has been brought up was this marketing campaign that you did for one of the books, which was, I mean, you can explain it. The book was called Strange Animals. The plot of the book is a woman becomes pregnant And she decides that she is going to launch this campaign anonymously online where she creates a website that says, if I get $100 million donated to me, I will have the baby, give it up for adoption, and the baby will get all of that money when they turn 18. I'll put it in a trust fund for that baby. If I get any amount less, I will refund all the money and have an abortion. That's the plot of this book. And it's kind of about what that does to America. Her identity gets found out. Some people laud her as a feminist hero. Some people want her dead. And that's the plot of the book. So to market it, 
a website was created from the perspective of that character as though she was a real person. And in hindsight, that was a mistake. It didn't work as marketing. And more importantly, it affected people negatively in a way that I don't think I was aware of. Or like I said, that I, it just didn't register the same for me then when I was making these things. It was about what you're talking about, just this kind of pure creative drive, an experimental project. I didn't have the capability to understand the effect it might actually have. And I feel that certainly is different in me now, potentially because of the last four years. And certainly the project that you and I are now working on, that we've been working on for in one way or another, five or six years, we've been doing some version <laughs> yeah. of this. And certainly as we continue to do the podcast, all the things that we talk about, how we link in the social climate in America, politics, all these kinds of things, I do think are now reflective of where I'm at currently as a person, mm -hmm. you know? No, I definitely think that highlighting toxic masculinity and misogynist shit in the Bachelor franchise is a very big and important part of what we have been doing. Like, I personally do think that the abortion marketing campaign was, like, <laughs> super offensive. I think it's probably the most offensive thing that you've ever done that I know about the thing is like I do know and look I'm hearing myself say this stuff and I'm like hearing all of the like women defending various male transgressors of the modern times but for what it's worth I do not think that that was your intention and I would not be spending literally all of my waking hours on these creative endeavors with someone I thought was a misogynist at all I like I would not but I am one voice I am one perspective I know that some of these things hit closer to home for different people and I think that we should just go through some of the Facebook comments from the Game of Roses Facebook group and talk about them one person says I imagine this is why he doesn't frequently use his real name when I first started Gore, I had a red flag moment of man who won't tell us who he is. I'm disappointed my gut was right. We never meant it to come off like that. I'm using my real name now, Chad Colchin. I have no problem putting that out there. Again, I just never really thought that it was necessary for this project because this project that we're doing now is so Bachelor-centric. And really the only space that I've been working in is under Bachelor Clues in the Bachelor world. Someone said, I don't want to dismiss this behavior in any way, but that was over five years ago. I don't think we should cancel people based on past actions unless those actions continue. Also not saying you're trying to cancel them, just a general issue I have with cancel culture. Someone says, I totally understand and I'm in agreement about cancel culture. I just find it odd that he's never even acknowledged it, especially given the way they analyze and talk about the Bachelor franchise and its contestants calling them out for their bad behavior. Someone said, well, he was 39 five years ago. Are we only allowed to be critical of things people did within the last year? I think people can be critical of anything ever. Like, I mean, that's each person's right to have whatever reaction they want to literally anything. I, I think artist's intent is important, certainly. But once the art is in the world, it's really about the patron's reaction. And so I'm not discounting anyone's opinion of any of this or any of their reactions. Those are all valid and just. But I do think in some ways talking about the intent of it or the context of its creation is important to understand as well. 
Uh, this person says, this is the epitome of we are complicit. Again, this is a valid reaction and anyone is free to have it. I would also, though, point to some of the other work that I did creatively prior to doing Game of Roses. It wasn't just these books. I also created a TV show called Bad Judge where Lizzie and I met. And that show was about a woman that was a judge who never wanted to get married or have kids. And it was meant to really be a feminist sitcom. And, you know, NBC did what they did to it. But it was an attempt for me, honestly, to create something that was an empowering female main character on network TV, which has existed from time to time. But I was trying to make something that was pushing that envelope. This person says I did some extensive research last night. It was a little alarming. For those curious, he has a Wikipedia page. He has a lot of experience as an author and TV producer. His work has a lot of misogynistic undertones. It was hard to read. Also, I think the abortion stunt he pulled is just one example of his lack of boundaries. I guess before all this, I thought he was kind of playing up his personality for the podcast, but now I'm thinking this is him toning things down. It makes me really sad. I like the show, but I'm really rethinking my relationship to it now. This person says, you're right. It screams lack of boundaries. The abortion stunt absolutely sounds like one of his experiment ideas. I'd probably be amused listening to him describe the idea, but like, don't actually do it, dude. He's like that rock climber that free soloed El Capitan. That guy doesn't process fear the same way as a normal person and seemingly has no boundaries when it comes to climbing. Yeah, as I said, I once I lock into some kind of a creative idea, I'm usually just kind of a slave to that. But in retrospect, certainly boundaries were crossed. And I do feel like to a lesser degree, even what we're doing on Game of Roses is a little controversial and experimental to be presenting The Bachelor as a game to remove the emotional elements of it in the way that we kind of do in order to describe these things as plays and break them down statistically. We still are kind of pushing envelopes here. So I do feel that I'm getting like that same kind of creative thing out of it. But Someone said his ex-girlfriend wrote they used to introduce her to people as, have you met my fat pig girlfriend, Hillary? He really needs to address this. It's possible he became super woke in the past five years, but something just feels off. Yeah, hearing that obviously is not great. And if I ever did say that, it's terrible. I would never in a million years say something like that currently. I don't in any way dispute that that happened if she's saying it did. I know she wrote a book about our relationship at some point and it contained some stuff. I did read it, thought it was very smart, very funny, well-written. And ultimately I came away from that book feeling like she thought our relationship was a good one and that it ended certainly, but that she got good things out of it. And if that is part of that book, my apologies to her and everybody else. Um, I did this rabbit hole earlier in the pandemic and it knocked him off the pedestal for me. I still appreciate the work, what he's doing with Pace Case. I think sometimes he misses the mark on his critiques on the pod and other times it shows slash exemplifies real growth and learning from his past. I hadn't heard about this until now, but I'm not entirely surprised. He's always seemed like a bit of an edgelord for me. What is an edgelord? Edgelord is someone on an internet forum who deliberately talks about controversial, offensive, taboo, or nihilistic subjects in order to shock other users in an effort to appear cool or edgy. <laughs> well, sure. I wouldn't say you're not an edgelord. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair assessment. <laughs> Do you remember 
when he wrote that problematic post about the Colton Cassie stalking. It's in the Insta feed. It has National Enquirer style pics of both of them. Oh, I think this was blaming the show for Colton's behavior. I never blamed the show for Colton's behavior. I simply said that the show is a part of this larger story, that it literally was how they met. It forced them together. She wanted to leave the show at a certain point, and they got her to come back on the show. So, I mean, certainly the show is a part of their relationship. I don't think that's an arguable point. But I never meant to make anything that sounded like I was diminishing his role in it or his responsibility in stalking. Obviously, that's a decision he made and one that he has to be accountable for. But the show is a part of their relationship. That's all that I meant by that. This is what Jenna Vesper from Date Card Pod said. My best friend read the books, and if anything, they are a case for misandry, and the character is a work of fiction, through the lens that Clues sees things. Do we not love the way he dissects the state of the world or the show, etc.? They were written over 10 years ago. I recon most people. If they had the work they were doing over 10 years ago, it would be not what they align with or what they would even put out. I know I had a lot of internalized misogyny and biphobia. If I'm giving Grace to show who I am today, he deserves the same. I'm also decently close with Lizzie now. Oh, and I feel she would not work with someone who is a blatant piece of shit. Thank you, Jenna. (laughs) (laughs) My friend recommends reading the book or audio version because Clues says lots of sex words. Wait, did you read the audio version? Uh, I did the audio version of that one and another one of my books, yeah. Uh, But I guess I am saying I am having a nuanced thought process about this. Let's have this dialogue. Appreciate uh, what Jenna is saying here. Yeah, thanks, Jenna. That was very nice. Nice to say. Um, I also trust Pace Gaze to not hang out with a total piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. I mean, God. Uh, realistically, I think there's a danger in cis men writing misinterest characters. It perpetuates the narrative that that's a systemic problem in reality, in my opinion. I think he, as everyone does, needs space to unlearn and grow. But as he has a really fast-growing public platform, I very much hope he will publicly address this on the pod soon. I've been burned too many times by cis men who claim to be progressive. I'm very uncomfortable that he used a pseudonym to build gore rather than face his head on and acknowledge his work and understand why what he did in the past was harmful. Please understand I'm not advocating for canceling, but for accountability, especially given the context of work being done on gore which in many ways is about accountability and aware of harm cause yeah i absolutely agree and the work that we're doing in gore at this point i mean this is 24 7 it's my full life now it's mainly i wake up i check bachelor news i make a podcast list or i'm right working on the book that we're doing it's really all in service of this that's where all of my creative energy now is and i feel extremely fulfilled by it as we discussed on the last screams with shoya what I'm really getting out of Game of Roses not only is, you know, a, an expert level understanding of the game that we're watching, but it is a deep creative fulfillment, which I'm very happy about. But I consider this to be where I'm artistically focused now. Oh, Jenna goes, some more of my opinions. I don't think he's been hiding his past. Bachelor Clues is his meme page he created maybe two or three years ago become a persona for the podcast he's easily googleable and of course his more racy work is what is being written about in speaking with him he has mentioned other projects that are about feminist characters but those are not being shown and discussed as much 
which is how it is life. Ultimately, in my opinion, the Average American Male series is a work of fiction that is a commentary on toxic masculinity, not a direct example of how Chad is as a person. Art can be like this sometimes. In response to the ex-girlfriend element, I have not done research on that, but would want to hear more about it from him. And I know that the way I spoke a decade ago was not what I would align as my authentic self today, and this can definitely be said for a lot of us, especially men who have done the work. I am willing to hear him discuss the growth he's had. And listening to him speak on the podcast this last year and in DMs and on the podcast I've guested on, I see him as someone who's not a misogynist or toxic. I see him as a smart and caring person with a hyper-keen eye for raw and unapologetic commentary on the world and how humans interact. Yes, in my scientific research, all men are redacted on some base level, but some way, way, way less. Just like all white women can be racist and hold racist biases that they have to let go of and do better. Yes, all white women. So I guess I'm saying that, yes, he likely does have things in his past that are icky. And I want to say, I think everyone here understands this and isn't asking for him to be canceled, which is not a thing that's real anyways. I think it's very okay to want to know more and understand. He's aware of this dialogue and very open to having it, frankly, and honestly, I look forward to hearing him speak on it. I'm willing to have a dialogue too, but ultimately I do want people to know this isn't my cross to bear. Exactly. Um, she said, I've had people reach out to me to discuss it. And while I'm happy to have the dialogue, I am just Jenna. I am not their PR team. <laughs> These are just my thoughts and opinions. Yes, Jenna, I'm sorry. I am personally issuing apology to Jenna that people are at asking her to speak on this. And Absolutely. <laughs> We're so sorry, clues. Jenna. But I will say I agree with everything she's saying. And, you know, I don't know when it was in my life as a guy that I started to really have my first like close female friends but it wasn't in my 20s like in my 20s all my best friends were guys and it was just us hanging out mm. and drinking beer and playing video games and that's kind now of there's like, your show you know it wasn't until at some point <laughs> i started hanging around more women as friends that i started to even become aware of this shit that i st started mm -hmm. to even think about it in a different way most of the stuff I was working on artistically was a reflection of the world I was living in. And at the time, it mm -hmm. was a guy world, you know? And now I, I feel that it's much different. I mean, one of the most recent creative projects I sold was a movie that I wrote with one of my best friends who is a woman. It was a rom-com. If you would have told me 15 years ago I'd be writing a rom-com with a woman, I would have told you you're crazy because that seemed so far out of the context of anything that I understood the world to be. But now... Obviously, it's happened. Um, we have oh, we have people tagging me. I would like to hear your take on this. My take, I think, has been um, I've sort of addressed it throughout this, but um, I know that this wasn't your intention, and I look at and I look at intentions, and I know that this isn't the type of work that you do today, and I know how much work you are putting into this project, which. I do feel like is very important in critiquing one of the mainstays of uh, the patriarchy, the bachelor. Um, you know, we still have this, I mean, also racist, but this predominantly white, cis, very heteronormative show basically saying this is what the ideal relationship looks like and rarely straying from it. They're, I mean, they're dipping their toes. We'll, we'll see. But I think people don't think about it because The Bachelor has been on for so long. You just accept all of these things and you say, oh, this is where he gets the parental blessing. Well, what does the parental blessing mean? 
is he buying this daughter? <laughs> that kind of thing. The Bachelor has become baked into our American culture, the fabric of it. We don't question it anymore. And part of what we are doing here, I agree with you, is questioning it to some degree and presenting it through this objective lens as sport, which questions the very premise of the show. Yeah, and I do <laughs> I do see you coming up with these harebrained schemes and then like going through with one of them with this um, website without thinking it through, without seeing that it might cause harm. Um, and I don't think you would do that today. Yeah, I would not. It really at the time felt like a way that I could have a character from my book come into the real world. And that fascinated me because I, at that mm-hmm. point, I had never seen that before. I had never seen a character that I wrote in a book, even in a movie, on a TV show. It hadn't yet happened. And so I was like, this could be that. I could get to see her alive in the world, having some effect in the real world. That fascinated me as an artistic concept. Mm-hmm. And that was as far as I went with it in my head. You know, I didn't go beyond yeah. what the effect might actually be. And I just like... Yes, it's not like you were representing a real woman, but it's kind of like catfishing where you're creating a fake persona, tricking people. I don't know. It's, you know, like I said, probably my least favorite thing that you've done. And I don't know for what it's worth, but you have told me that you are somewhat on a spectrum. And I think that can sometimes contribute to some of these... um, some of this, is it myopic? Some of this myopic thinking? Yeah, I'm sure that that totally has something to do with it. I get locked into something and I can't let go of it until it's completed. Game of Roses is like that for me too. I see the end of this, like what the biggest version of it is. And mm-hmm. I'm on a fucking one-way ticket straight to it. I can't, you know this, I can't slow I down. <laughs> I can't deviate from the path. And so once I get one of these creative ideas in my head, it's like, it's hard to see anything around it for me. And especially Mm -hmm. when I was younger, I wasn't working with someone like you. I was just doing this shit. I mean, certainly there were like Mm -hmm. publishing companies were buying these things and putting them out and marketing them. Other people were working on these projects, but not in the creative aspect, not when I was coming up with the ideas. So I just come up with something, write it or do it or whatever. And then whatever happened, happened. And I do think that Certainly in the most recent years of all my creative endeavors, I've, I've done a lot of projects like, like that movie I was talking about where I wrote it with someone else. So there is at least another voice in the room saying, you know, oh, we shouldn't do that. People might find that offensive. And I just simply didn't have that in the, uh, in the first stuff that I was doing. I appreciate the people arguing whether I should speak on this. <laughs> oh my God. Again, my apologies that you're even you know, forced into this position. I feel shitty about that for sure. And I appreciate you doing it. This person, I don't feel, it doesn't feel right to be asking women, Lizzie or even Jenna to put emotional labor into defending the actions of a male friend. Agree. But you know, I'm happy to do it. Hopefully I'm, I'm not asking you to defend anything I've done. I'm saying, yes, I wrote all these books. They're out there. In fact, I even promoted them when they were out. This is not anything I've ever tried to hide. One of them got turned into a movie the TV shows have been on TV. Some of the movies that I made or one of the movies that I wrote has been produced. They're all out there. But again, I thank you for even having this conversation with me. This person said, I really want to keep supporting all the work you do. 
one of my favorite podcast media voices. However, today I learned about Bachelor Clues' history and as a rape survivor and an organizer for reproductive rights and pro-choice movements, I find it impossible to rationalize continuing to support Bachelor Clues and the Patreon given the current public information I have. I'm hopeful that I can continue to support your endeavors once there's an opportunity for Chad to seek to give reparations for the harm caused and for some radical accountability to be applied to Clues' past as you, just as you deliver and demand radical honesty regarding Bachelor Nation. Absolutely valid reaction to all of this. And I hope that I've been accountable for everything in this conversation. I feel that I have. But if not, if anybody wants to continue any of these conversations about any of this, feel free to hit me up on DMs on Bachelor Clues. I'm around. I literally try to respond to every message I get. I cannot keep up with the messages for what it's worth (laughs) (laughs) on the topic of boundaries. It's reached a point that is difficult. Um, This person says, I was going through their reviews. Something stood out for me. Clues rewards players points for performances of toxic masculinity. Lizzie said that points should be condemned, deducted for those behaviors, not rewarded. Saying that's the game doesn't make it okay. This may, again, be a case of my intent versus how it's actually received. But the intent of saying that is to paint it in the subjective light, to say this is what the show is showing us. They're putting it on screen. He is being rewarded Mm -hmm. for it. And so if we are observing this as a game and part of the game is getting screen time, it actually was, in the objective context, a good play. I'm not condoning that behavior. But within the context of the game as it stands contemporarily, it worked. That's all I meant from that. Yeah, I think there's like a, I think there's a fine line in being like, well, this is great for the game, but it's like fucked up shit. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I, I totally agree with you. I think that line is razor thin. And what we do on Game of Roses is try to walk it, and it's hard. And sometimes... You step on one side or the other of it, I feel like. But to me, it's like one of the most important creative things about Game of Roses is that attitude of viewing it as a game and using that attitude to then reveal the absurdity of all of it, that any of us are sitting at home watching this still, that it has lasted as long as it has, and that it just continues to grow. Some people did not like the... They said that we were callous in speaking about um, suicide... And it is never my intent to trivialize any of these like PTCs, personal tragedy cards that people play. I understand that these are hugely traumatic events for them and that it's not a joke. Um, And I think like maybe we can do better at navigating that line and you know not removing completely the human element out of it and you know i just i apologize if we caused harm in some of the ways that we have talked about this stuff yeah certainly i don't ever mean to make it sound like human emotions and real human beings are not playing the game they are those are real people in some cases they really fall in love In many cases, they have had real tragedies happen in their lives that affect them deeply and affect us deeply when we see them talk about them in the show. And that's, to me, what makes this game, this sport, 
more interesting than football or baseball. It's not an objective thing about how far you can throw a ball or run or whatever. It's this much more nuanced competition of weaving in your actual emotions, false emotions, heightened emotions, pushing some version of yourself out into the world that isn't necessarily the real version of you, but is an augmented version or a slightly skewed version and weaving all of that into this performance that takes you through a 10 round game. It's fascinating mm-hmm. to me. And that's really what we try to cover. And again, I, I apologize too, if we ever step on the wrong side of that line and cause anybody listening to our show trauma, because ultimately we'd want our show to be fun, certainly informative. Yeah. We certainly want it to be pushing the envelope of how to talk about not just the bachelor, but reality television, American culture, all of it. But we never want anybody to feel worse after having listened to anything we've said or after having found out about things I've written in the past or any of the other creative projects that I have worked on over the years. And I just wanted to have this conversation to address whatever the concerns might be about any of the other projects that I've done up to this. And I would encourage anybody who has curiosity about those projects to check them out. Even maybe watch Bad Judge, watch an episode of it. See if you like that show. You don't even have to give your money to Chad. You can check it out at the library. <laughs> or for free. Pirate it anywhere. I'm not asking for any money. <laughs> you can watch Bad Judge, um, I think, is on Hulu right now. That's something actually Lizzie and I worked on together. That was where we met. So if you do want to know a little creative yeah. history of Game of Roses, check out that show. You you probably enjoy it. The first episode I wrote of TV was the what ended up being the series finale, the 13th episode. I co-wrote it with the... Uh, script coordinator and the writer's PA and it was a fantastic experience working on the show despite um, the chaotic nature of it hey it probably did better ratings than The Bachelor gets today (laughs) we crushed The Bachelor but six years ago didn't matter (laughs) that was a one and done (laughs) 13 episodes pack your bags thank you very much and by the way we try to make this this podcast as progressive as possible, but we are not perfect and we are still learning. This is an ongoing thing and we welcome feedback and people talking to us about different perspectives that we're not going to get. Like Clues and I are two hetero white people and we acknowledge that our experiences are not they're not the experiences that everyone has and we might miss some things etc perspectives that we just can't we can't know so please reach out to us if you feel that we are missing something you know i'm trying to keep up with the dms (laughs) but we you know we we care about the pit and we care about if we are harming the pit and I'm sad that this made people feel like there was no Santa, etc. I think we are generally trying to <laughs> make this a joyous experience listening to our podcast. Yeah, I feel the same way. I don't ever want anybody who's looking at what we're doing here on Gore to feel negatively about it based on the stuff I was doing on other projects in the past. I feel like the things that interest me now how I'm presenting information, even the premise of what we're doing, as you were saying, going after this kind of big piece of patriarchal American culture, it's 
something completely different than I would have done when I was 25 years old. And I'm happy to be doing it. I enjoy doing it. And again, I'm sorry to anyone who I offended from any of this stuff. These aren't the kinds of things that I would be doing today, certainly. And I understand all the reactions to it. They're all valid. I accept them. And I hope that what we've done today here, I hope that, you know, Pace Case being nice enough to have this conversation with me, I hope it helps shed some light on all the kind of questions that were in these threads and Mm -hmm. just the topic at large, I suppose. Thank you to the members of the Facebook group for having, I haven't looked at the Reddit, but at least it seemed like it was a um, nuanced conversation about this stuff. And I appreciate those who did, you know, give Chad the benefit of the doubt. And thanks for sending us the links to the Reddit and the Facebook group and all that, because we are at this point turning out a mountain of content pretty constantly. So we don't always get to even see these things. So I'm very thankful uh, to everybody who DM'd me about it, alerting us to this conversation that was happening. And by the way, special thank you to Jenna Vesper. Again, she laid out her thoughts on this, did a lot of emotional labor that I don't think she should have had to do. I feel bad that people are demanding this of her, but thank you, Jenna. As always, she goes above and beyond. And for anybody who wants to continue this conversation or wants any more information about any of this, my DMs are open. You can always hit me up there and I'm happy to address anything that you might want to discuss. Thanks for listening. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.